Hey there, everybody. It's Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, and I'm here with another exclusive interview just for you guys. Uh, I recently had the chance to talk with star of Gotham, Francesca Root Dodson. She plays Echo on the current season of Gotham. And uh, she was a great. She she was great to talk to. She gave a lot of insight. Talked a you know a bit about her time on the set. You know costuming. Uh, her her fight. She talked a little bit about her fight scene with uh, Cameron Bicondova and uh, her relationship with Jeremiah. So sit back and enjoy. Thank you for taking the time to uh, to talk with me today. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, of course, of course. All right. I guess we'll just uh, jump right into it. And so why don't you uh, go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit, uh, kind of talk about where you're from, what got you into acting, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, um, you know, my name is Francesca, and um, I, uh, I'm from San Francisco originally, and I've been performing ever since I was a kid, and... Uh, but I, I used to be a dancer when I was younger, but then um, I got, had a number of injuries, so I ended up, you know, going back to pursuing just acting um, when I was in my, gosh, when I was in my early 20s, and I did that for a while, and then didn't really feel like, uh, wanted to finish college and do other things, and and took a break for a while, but now I've been back doing it for the last, I'd say, two or three years, and um, yeah. Okay, so when you were cast in season four of Gotham, did you know that you were going to be playing kind of like a, a version of Harley Quinn, or was this not the original plan for the character? No, when I when I was originally cast, I um, I thought I was just doing a one episode, and I was playing a character who was. I actually auditioned in with a Russian accent because I was told that she was a Russian assassin, and um, I thought it was just going to be one episode. So I really had no idea what. Um, what I was getting into, and it sort of just unfurled naturally from there. Were you a, fan, a comic book fan before you booked this role? I've always been a huge fan of um, of Batman. I I grew up watching the Tim Burton films, which was my frame of reference for them. So I really enjoy. Um, for me, what's most interesting is like a, a really dark, kind of perverted <laughs> version of the Batman world, which I feel like Gotham, the TV show, is. Is is fair is pretty aligned with Definitely. as opposed to some of the like you know what I mean like the George Clooney version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so for me, and I, I I have to say that the only comic book world that I ever really like cared about and related to was the world of Batman because I loved how gothic and rich and heavy. And I actually just rewatched the two Tim Burton ones. I did like a double header a couple nights ago. Okay. They're so good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, do you feel like that that's, for most people, is that, in terms of, like, live action, is that the jumping off point, or is that just because I'm kind of old? <laughs> no, I absolutely think it is, uh, and and I think that, in some, kind of some weird way, Gotham almost feels like, a almost like a, like a prequel to those films, or, or mm, some, something like that, because mm -hmm. it's got that a very similar aesthetic, and even, like, uh, Cameron uh, Bicondova's, uh Selena has a very similar look. To, to Michelle Pfeiffer's uh, Selena Kyle, which is something mm -hmm. I always noticed. So I always kind of, kind of felt that it was, in in somewhere in that same type of in that same world. Yeah, which is I think the world that the 
that it's that it's the story is supposed to live in yeah. you know i mean gotham is like a hyper exaggerated new york it's like a new york of your nightmares you know yeah. and i love um something that's so incredible about gotham as a show is that the production is so incredibly beautiful you know the sets are incredible the costumes are incredible the cinematography is gorgeous and i feel like that built on that tradition that was started by tim burton with like creating this exaggerated terrifying world you know so um so yes i am a comic book fan but i you know fortunately enough i got cast in this because i'm the biggest fan of batman so uh, you, you mentioned you know, the, the costumes, which are incredible in this show, and you yourself have had some pretty fantastic costumes, from the infamous I Jester have, outfit yeah. to now the, the new cult leader outfit. Which has been your favorite to wear? I mean, it's funny because, <laughs> because I mean, there's there's sort of one is at odds with with one the character one's playing versus one's personal preference. Yeah. Personally, I loved the outfit that I wore when I first arrived as Echo. Okay. Uh, in that first episode, which mandatory brunch meeting, which was like a mini, kind of like a '60s mob thing. Yeah. Now I just enjoyed wearing that because I would just wear that out and feel great about it. <laughs> but in terms of, but in so, and I actually, the costume department was really lovely, and they let me keep that costume, which oh, is so wonderful. Cool. Um, in terms of like, but as the character, for me, the 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 iteration that it's at right now, which is the cult leader, is the most evocative because it just it makes me feel about the, the I don't know how much everybody can see but I'm I'm essentially splattered with blood yeah all over me and um wearing it I feel uh I feel like a predator <laughs> <laughs> you know which is really helps and basically like the process of such a huge part when you're for me when I'm playing such a, a pronounced character is that the process of putting on the costume, getting hair and makeup, which takes hours, is in of itself the transformation. Does that make sense? Like yeah. that is, it's some, and it's just true. I think, and it's been true for obviously thousands of years. Like there's something about costume, and even with a painted face like that, it's sort of like wearing a mask, you know, because you're yeah. just painting a new face on on my face. Um, so that is such a huge part of what the end result is, because like that informs the whole thing. So I love what they're genius. The costume designers on the show are so incredible. So yeah, I, I love the current iteration. I mean, I've enjoyed them all, but right now this one makes me feel the most evil, you know, so. <laughs> and, and speaking of the makeup that you're currently using, to me, it kind of it reminded me a lot of uh, Clockwork Orange. And I was wondering if, totally. if, if that was done on purpose or if it was just kind of something that happened if I'm overanalyzing I, it at all. I mean, we did talk about that. I don't okay. think it was an original inspiration, but once John came up with the, who's the head of the makeup department, came up with the idea of, of flipping the uh, flipping the whole face, you know, making her face like a mirror of itself. Then by by doing, you know, the top of the eye under one of my eyes. I don't know if this is clear. Basically, then it yeah, it then became very similar to the Clockwork Orange. Um, so it was a happy accident, but one I think that helped because obviously that film is terrifying, you know, so it totally just made it even richer in terms of what his idea was. Oh, fantastic. Um, now, since the character has kind of evolved into like a proto Harley Quinn, have you been taking any sort of inspiration from the character of previous, you know, from like the comics or the animated show or anything like that to, to kind of work into the character of Echo? Well, I think the main thing was um, the voice. Okay. So I, you know, when it became clear, it was always, 
I never actually, you know, because I try to just not count my chickens before they're laid, hatched, whatever the expression is. So I wasn't necessarily counting on this, the character becoming something closer to a Harley Quinn character. But my manager, who's like a, I guess he would not mind me saying that he's kind of like a nerd boy. <laughs> he wouldn't <laughs> mind me saying that. A uh, comic book nerd. He, um, he was always like, you've got to practice the voice you gotta practice the voice you know and i was like man i was like they, i was like they're not gonna make i'm not gonna play that character i'm not practicing the voice but then when it became clear when i saw the script for 503 and they had put some like catchphrases in there yeah. you know like pudding and all of that i was like oh okay i think they're telling me that that's the direction they want to go in so then what i did is i just um i tried to expose myself as little as possible to the other two you know the to the live action the margot robbie and then the original cartoon, I tried to just, like, get a taste of what was going on, but I didn't want to end up mimicking um, either one of those exactly because I felt like it's just important. You know, Gotham is its own version of the Batman world, and I wanted to match that world. So basically I listened to the voices, uh, watched a little bit of both of them to get a, a kind of taste, and then I just extrapolated it and went from there. And for me, all of it came from working on the voice. And once I found the version of the voice that I wanted to do, then kind of like the movement and everything else came out of that. Okay. Now, kind of going back to the, the 1989 Batman film, I something that kind of stuck out to me is that this character, when she wears a mask, is very reminiscent to the character of Alicia totally. Hunt. Totally. And I was, yeah. I was wondering if, if that was something that they kind of did on purpose and whether or not we might get any sort of confirmation that Maybe her real name is either Harleen Quinzel or even Alicia Hunt, which could be interesting. You know, I because I my ideas of Batman were so linked to the original films, I was wondering if they were going to turn me into like a Jerry Hall character. You know what I mean? Where yeah. he was going to like slash up my face and make me look like a new piece of art or something. Um, and I just like any chance to play the same character as Jerry Hall, just like the association. I mean, she's like the supermodel. You know what I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that'd be cool. But yeah, I mean, nobody ever explicitly referenced it, but I definitely think it's um, when I watched it this a couple days ago, I was amazed at how similar the masks are, you know, to the mask that I started wearing at the end of last season. Yeah, that um, it really jumped out to me. I was like, whoa, okay. But I sort of feel like. A lot of it is just, you know, costumes and makeup. They're all, like, bringing their, like, evoking previous iterations. And sometimes it's almost costumes or makeup that then ends up driving story. You know, like, costumes started putting me in the diamond-patterned Harlequin-style outfit last season. And... Is, maybe that's why I then got to turn into the character. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like who knows? Also, so to be clear, I'm not like sitting in writer's room, so I don't understand. I don't know what the communication is, but my sense is that sometimes like different facets drive different aspects of story, you know? So maybe they saw me in that and then it became clear. They're like, oh, well, we could do this. Or maybe since they brought me in in the beginning, it was the plan. I have no idea. But I just kind of rolled with it, you know? Well, here's hoping, since it is the final season, it feels like they are just kind of like putting everything out there, so. Totally, I think there's more permission now yeah. to just be ex as explicit as they want to be. Now, you talked about coming in for episode three for this season, and this was the big episode for Echo. It really reintroduced mm -hmm. the character to the audience. What was it like when you found out you were coming back in such a big way? 
Um, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, it was, I was really excited. I mean, those pages are really, those scenes are really meaty and really fun. So when they sent me the script for that, I, I actually, they wanted, because it was so different than what I'd done before, they, I actually came in and it's not that I auditioned again, but I read, I did all the scenes to take for the writer's room for them to see. Cause they, they saw me audition as like a stoic Russian assassin. You know what I mean? And this is not a one, it's kind of a one eighty from what I had originally come in for. So I, um, I prepared and came in and, and basically did like a, my own beginning version of what, you know, you saw in 503, for them and then then got the go-ahead and got the blessing but I was thrilled when I saw it I mean I love playing people who are unhinged you know it's actually something I think I'm pretty well suited for (laughs) (laughs) so for me that was like a I mean that's like a playground you know nothing could be better uh and those shooting 503 was one of the best experiences of my like creative life you know um just so disgusting and dirty and fun and delicious, you know? So it was a real treat. And obviously you'll be having, you know, as the season goes on, having more scenes with Jeremiah. And that was, could you go a little bit, just kind of describe the relationship between Echo and Jeremiah and will it be kind of explored more throughout the rest of the season? Well, I don't think I can speak. I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, I want to tread lightly because I don't want to say anything that I'm not supposed to say, but what I can, I'll speak to the the relationship present time with where we're at, uh, which I think is, you know, pretty good overall, which is that, you know, so like the, the cartoon version, um, she, I mean, she's just like totally devoted to and adores this homicidal homicidal maniac you know (laughs) so for me i wanted to keep the spirit of that what i hoped to um what i hope to inflect into it is that because i know there had been maybe i'm treading into dangerous waters here but i know that there had been some and you can tell me if i'm wrong i know there had been some backlash against the suicide squad movie because people felt that she was, like, so slavishly devoted to him that it was yeah. sort of terrifying. So, you that was, a that was like, a word on the street, right? Would yeah. you say that? Oh, yeah. Some there was people, a lot yeah. of people who were saying stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, so what I wanted to find is I understand that, that the dynamic is that she, like, adores this man who probably, um, what to use the, like, PC parlance is, like, not emotionally available. Yeah. <laughs> But what I wanted to do is find out, like, because in a true, in a true, like, I'm going to sound crazy, or not crazy, but extreme, in a true functioning sadomasochistic relationship, like, both parties are love it. You know what I mean? Like, both parties are totally into it just the way it is. So what I tried to find in her is that, like, she just, like, this is what she's looking for. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is what gets, this is what gets her off. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, because for me, that's a little bit more of an empowering position than like a dynamic that's a little bit more abusive or something like that. So, I just really leaned into like, this is her kink, man. You know what I mean? She just fucking loves this guy. She loves that he's a psycho. She loves that he's violent. She just loves that he's totally unpredictable. But that's the ride she's making a choice to go on. You know? That's a, so, that's a great description, yeah. 
Yeah, that was the approach I took because I think like, look, I'm not gonna, I don't want to pass judgment on any kind of relationship, you know what I mean? And say it's like, okay, or not okay. But I also wanted to find a way where it could be about her not being a victim, but being like a volunteer, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, so that's what I tried to do. And I'd be like, I'd be interested to hear what people think in terms of, um, you know, I'd love to hear what people's impressions are over the course of the season. Great. Uh, so and we talked a little bit about your character. We talked about Jeremiah. There was also another character that you really had some interaction with uh, this season. That was uh, Selena, Cameron Bicondova. And you had a really great fight scene with her. I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that. How long did it take uh, for you two to prep this scene? What was it like working with her? Um, you know, we actually didn't do much prep on it. Um, and I think that's just by nature of how fast TV moves. Network TV just moves incredibly fast. And, um, you know, I would say that working with her, I can't even really say, I can't even really speak to working with her because my only motive, because it was such a big performance for me and I really needed to be in this crazy, like, mental space, all I did the entire shoot was just try to scare the shit out of her. <laughs> um and, like, so, for instance, it's, there's right before one of the commercial breaks in 503, I, like, lick blood off the wall. I didn't even think the camera was rolling. I was just trying to freak her out. Oh, wow. You know? And I was, like, humming. Maybe this is, like, a little intense. I was, like, humming songs, like, uh, I was, like, what was this intimidating song that I was just, like, just trying to, I was just trying to, like, mess with her head. Not in a, I'm, I'm not, in like, an actor who's going to, like, try to really punch somebody or whatever. I wasn't being, I felt like I was within the bounds of like acceptable behavior, but also trying to build the dynamic. Cause for me, and, and there's actually one, there was one take we did where, and I think they actually ended up using it where I asked her for the gun and she, instead of just giving me the gun, which is what had happened in most of the takes in the take that got used, she actually slams the gun into my hand and it pissed me off so much in the moment that it like created a totally different performance so what i would say is that my experience with working her was was it was like very give and take in terms of like just things just unexpectedly happened which is what you always want you know what i mean as opposed to having something kind of set regardless of what's actually going on in the present moment so she was great she was totally game you know and um lovely to work with really sweet but i just mostly was trying to scare her you know, and honestly, she's pretty unflappable. So it was a good, uh, she didn't seem to get that scared. So I then had to work even harder, which is great. <laughs> That's awesome. Now you, you've done a great job playing this character. Now, are there any other characters? Would you ever be interested in playing in an, like another comic book character in the future? And if so, what, who would you want to play? I mean, the thing that's funny is ever since I was a kid and saw the first Batman returns, I've always wanted to play Catwoman, okay. you know? Especially, um, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer's version of Catwoman, which is like a woman who's, what I love about the performance is like, she's a woman like coming apart at the seams, you know, which is, and she, God, if you haven't seen it in a while, holy shit, she's so good. It's crazy. She's so good. And she's so beautiful. It's it's insane. But um, I I always wanted, I always wanted to play Catwoman ever since I was a kid, you know, because I'm obsessed with cats. My cat's next to me right now. You know, I'm like, I'm like one of those died in the wall, obsessive cat people. Um, But so that's what was always on my mind since I was a kid. But I love, you know, any villain. I think that I, it's funny that I, I just love the modality of the Joker, you know? 
he's like not that I mean obviously nobody's gonna ever cast me as the Joker but just that kind of hey, you never twi- know there is a female Joker <laughs> out there you know in the Flashpoint universe so it's it's, it's always a possibility oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. never yeah, know. yeah I mean yeah I mean that's to me is like the meatiest the kind of which is why I felt so lucky playing this character on Gotham is like she really is I feel like I could play her for years yeah. you know She's so fun. So in some ways it's hard because I'm like, well, what would I ever go to after this? You know, like yeah. this is the perfect, this is the perfect union for me. But, you know, other characters in the world who are like psycho and have like a lot of play. Cause I, um, I'll just briefly say like, I've done a lot of clowning training, okay. you know, not circuits clowning, like more, um, performance clowning. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's just, it's just funny because once I got this part, I was like, oh yeah, maybe I'm just going to spend my whole life playing clowns, you know, which is great. I love clowning. Clowning is so freeing and amazing, but, um, yeah, so I'm open, you know, I'm open to suggestions if there are other ones. <laughs> All right. And is there anything that you can tease about the remainder of this season? I think people are going to be, uh, very happy (laughs) i think that there are some key moments some key some key moments and things from the comics from the canon that are going to take place that fans are going to be thrilled that the show finally went there right that's what i'll say and before i let you go i wanted to ask i heard that you were working on your directorial debut a film called free spirit yeah can you tell us a little bit about that project yeah, so it's a um, yeah, it's a feature film I, I made that's shot in, in black and white, and I don't know if you're familiar with some of the earlier films of Woody Allen, like Manhattan. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's sort of in the world of Manhattan in, the, in French New Wave, where it's okay. um, basically takes course takes place over the course of one night, and this young man sees a woman on the subway in New York and ends up following after her and speaking with her, and then they spend the entire night walking through the city together, and... Um, it's like a suit, it's like, it takes a romantic comedy premise, you know, she's like this free spirit, this wild, kind of like unattainable, can't, can't pin her down kind of woman, um, so it takes this in like a neurotic guy who's trying to find a way to be more free, you know, it takes this like kind of classic romantic comedy premise, but then ends up turning it upside down, um, so I, yeah, that actually just got accepted into a film festival in Los Angeles, the uh, Los Angeles Women's International Film Festival that'll be opening in March. So my hope is that after playing festivals, all um, the film either will be distributed or I'll make it available for purchase. So I'll totally let people know if they want to follow me on Instagram. I'll like I keep things updated about that project. But um, yeah, it's really it's really it's a it's complete it's worlds away from uh, the character I play Echo on Gotham, but it's. Um, it's really fun um, and beautiful because the cinematography is beautiful, black and white, New York, you know. It's just like got a gorgeous score by um, this man named Austin Schatz, who's this wonderful composer. So, yeah, I'll keep people updated as it, as it continues to come out. That sounds, sounds amazing. I can't wait to see it. So, <laughs> thank, thank you very much for taking the time uh, to, to speak with me today. Uh, you, you, you mentioned that you had a, an Instagram. Can you let people know uh, what your Instagram handle is so they can follow you? Yeah, it's um, at Francesca Joe Root. So uh, my, Francesca, J-O-R-O-O-T. All right. Again, thank you very much, and uh, I look forward to uh, seeing what more you do with the, the character of Echo throughout the rest of this season. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Okay, bye. Bye. All right, and that was the interview. I hope you guys liked it. 
please make sure to uh, hop on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr, all at DC Comics News. And uh, make sure to uh, head on over to Apple Podcasts, uh, share and subscribe, uh, rate and review, please. We'll definitely help uh, help put us up in the ranking. And uh, keep an eye out. We'll be doing more uh, interviews here and there. We'll be, uh, hopefully be doing some more uh, reviews uh, on the podcast channel. And our uh, news podcast will be returning with a whole new crew. So keep an eye out for that. And as always, read more comics. <laughs>